You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. This morning, we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about and celebrating the hope that we have in Christ. I thought a great way for us to start this morning was would be to have a little bit of interaction. Uh, and so and that means we're going to talk, okay? Um, when you hear the word hope, when you hear the word hope, what words or images come to your mind? When you hear the word hope, what word or images come to your mind? I'm, I'm almost deaf, so you're going to have to really loud. Faith. Okay, so it's, it's, ho- it's hope connected to faith. Uh, actually, interesting, as I was preparing this sermon, I, I was amazed as I dug into this how close, um, biblically speaking, how close faith and hope are as they're defined. Because faith is, is about expectancy, um, and hope, actually the, the Greek word hope means to have confident expectation. So faith, I would agree with that, Kurt. Um, someone else, when you hear the word hope, what other words or images come to your mind? Love. Okay, so we have love. Let me unpack that just a moment. For God so loved the world, what did he give us? Hope, Right. I mean, Christmas is all about the love of God revealed as He sent His Son to kind of deal with their greatest problem, to bring for us hope. So I would agree with that. Someone behind Annie said, Reconciliation. Reconciliation. That we have been reconciled with God or we've been reconciled in a relationship with others. So if you have like a relationship that's all messed up, I'm certain none of you would know anything about that. But if you would have happened to have that experience, when there's reconciliation, there's hope. Hope that's, that's brother's life. There's energy that comes with that. Someone asked, when you hear the word hope, I'm sorry, trust. So we have trust um, in that we can trust God because of His hope to us. Is that what you're thinking, Pat? Okay, yeah. So our trust is in Him because, because of our confidence in who God is and because of the reality that His Word is true, what we can have trust. So hope and trust someone else. Man, everyone at once. Life. Yeah, obviously, it's life. And I think that's why we celebrate in this season when we have received life. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and said, hey, I've got life. Go ahead. Tell him what you have. You have life. What? Hope brings life. Christ brought, res- uh, brought redemption for us, bringing what? Life. So there's hope and there's life. And, and we could go on and on with our interaction here. I was reading R.C. Sproul and he made this statement. The great theologian R.C. Sproul says, Hope is called the anchor of the soul because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not just a wish like I wish such and such would take place. Rather, it's that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has for us. You know, as we think of as we think of hope, hope is like this wonderful gift from God, a source of strength that energizes us as we process the realities of life. 
You know, as I was thinking about hope, I thought, you know, when we're trapped in a tunnel of misery, it's, it's hope that points to the light at the end of the tunnel. When we're overworked and exhausted, it's hope that gives us like fresh energy. When we're discouraged, what is hope? It's hope that lifts our spirits. When, when we're tempted to quit, what is hope that keeps us going? When we, when we lose our way and confusion blurs the destination, it's, it's hope that dulls the edge of panic. When we're struggling with a crippling disease or, or a lingering illness, it's hope that helps us persevere beyond the pain. When we find ourselves unemployed, but it's hope that tells us we still have a future. When we're forced to sit back and wait, it's hope that gives us patience to, to trust. And when we say our final farewell to someone that we love, it's hope in, in life beyond that gets us through the grief. Simply put, folks, when, when life hurts and dreams fade, nothing helps like hope. When... when, when the pain and the challenges and the adversity. What it's hope, as R.C. Sproul says, it's hope that, that anchors us. You know, hope's, hope's not like this nice option that helps us temporary, temporarily clear a hurdle. It, it's really essential to our survival. And that's why Christmas, that's why the, the birth of Jesus is so significant for us. Through, through Jesus Christ, what we, we've been given a, a hope, a living hope that's more than the promise of heaven. It's really this, it's help for our present realities. It's that which, which energizes us in our lives. There's a story, story of a man who approached a Little League baseball game one afternoon and he asked a young boy in the dugout what the score of the game was. And the boy responded, he says, it's 18 to nothing, and we're behind. The man says, oh, I'm so sorry. So you must really be discouraged. And the little boy responded back. He says, why should I be discouraged? We've not even gotten up to bat yet. <laughs> How many of you know that's hope talking right there, right? That's hope, that's, that's hope being manifested. On the serious side, I think a great illustration of hope and the power of hope. True story, true story of a wealthy man um, through his through his business, he had accumulated uh, a, a lot of resource, and he was invited in. His name's Eugene Land. He was invited in to speak to a, gla a class of sixth graders in East Harlem. So think about East Harlem, New York City, East Harlem, uh, impoverished neighborhood, and he's he's invited in to speak to 59 sixth graders. What could he say that would inspire these students? Because most of the students, according to the track record, the statistics of the school, most of the students dropped out of school. They never finished school. That's the reality of the neighborhood. So what could this businessman, this successful businessman, say to these sixth graders that would motivate them, that would, would capture their attention? And so he, he's, he's getting ready to speak to the sixth grade class, predominantly Puerto Rican and black children here he is an older white man wondering how am I going to capture their attention how will I hold their attention what could I say again that would that would grab that would grab them and get and give them hope in their situation he decided to set aside his well scripted outline and basically spoke from his heart and this is what he said stay in school and I'll help pay the college tuition for every one of you in that moment at that moment, the students' lives changed. For the first time, what they had hope beyond their situation. When one student said this, I had something to look forward to, something that was waiting on me. It was an amazing feeling. Get this, 90% of those middle schoolers finished school. 
90%. Why? Someone gave them hope. Someone gave them something to look forward to. Something to work toward. Folks, that, that is the power of hope. Dr. Billy Graham said perhaps the greatest psychological, spiritual, and medical need that all people have is the need for hope. And certainly the God who made us understands that reality. That's why He intervened in the crisis of humanity to bring us, to bring us hope. And that's why Christmas, this season of celebration, in this, in this time of year, it's, it's, it's that that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But the reason for that is the hope that we have. The hope that God brought us through Christ. You know, hope is, hope is so much more than just wishing for. Wishing for something. And when our kids were younger, they don't do this now, but when our kids were younger, they would get the Toys R Us catalog. I mean, you know what that is. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you're, you're quite familiar. They would get this thick Toys R Us catalog in this season, and they would take it, and they would circle everything they wanted. They would, like, empty a couple ink pens. Like, they wanted, like, half the catalog. But that was their wish list. Now, their wish list never became reality. First, because we understood it would not be good for them to have all of that stuff. And secondly, quite honest, we couldn't afford what they wanted because uh, they had a lengthy wish list. But hope, hope is like really different than wishing for. Hope is living with the confident expectation of good. It always believes for the best, even in the worst circumstances, because of the promises of God's Word and the fact that God is working for our good. In Romans 8.32, the Scripture says this. Catch this verse. He being God, who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? And that last part of that verse is what it's hope-producing. It's grounded in the rock-solid statement that God did not spare His own Son. He sent Him into our world, what? To bring hope. And that's what we celebrate in this season. And Paul in Galatians chapter 4 was writing about this process of redemption, about, about God's work, God's plan on our behalf. And I think it's a significant verse for us in this season. So if you have your, your Bibles, look with me to Galatians chapter 4. 1st, 2nd Corinthians, then you'll come to Galatians. It's on the screen if that's easier for you. Galatians chapter 4. Listen to what Paul wrote here. It says, but when the time had fully come, what did God do? God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Notice that we might receive the full rights of children, of sons, of daughters. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. Since you are a son, God has, God has made you also. And in other words, God's brought us into His family. And notice what Paul wrote. When the time had fully come, what did God do? God took action. When the time had fully come, God set into motion a plan of redemption. Hey, what, what had actually begun all the way back in Genesis. If you go back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we have the, the record of the fall, the fall of Adam's sin entering into the perfection of creation. 
And it was at that point that God began to, to bring forth this plan of redemption, to bring forth a plan of hope. So notice Paul says, when the time had fully come. Now I was thinking about the time has fully come. The past couple of weeks we've had... Uh, some babies born here at, at Grace. And, you know, I was thinking about just the excitement of all of that. I just a, a, actually a few months ago, a few months ago, a little, almost a year ago, I, I did Marcelo and Priscilla's wedding. And now she's pregnant. She said this morning, like a, a month away, right? So in about a month, the time is going to fully come, right? There was a point of conception. Now there's been nine months, almost nine months, eight months of anticipation. The time's going to fully come. What life is going to come forth for Marcelo and Priscilla. We're going, to, we're going to dance with them and celebrate with them. And that's what Paul was saying here about Christ. The time had fully come. What did God do? God brought hope. Hope for humanity. I mean, we have... We have hope because of the birth of Jesus. So let's talk about that for just a moment. The birth of Jesus brings us hope today. First, because there's provision for our greatest need. Provision for our greatest need. Listen, your greatest need is not a new car. Your greatest need is not a new house. Your greatest need is not a new job or a different job. Now, nothing wrong with any of those things, new car, if someone's going to buy you one for Christmas, I would suggest you take it. <laughs> new house, different job. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But let me tell you this morning, they're not your greatest need. Your greatest need was salvation. Your greatest need was to have your sins forgiven. Your greatest need, my greatest need, was to be brought into a right relationship with God. That was our greatest need. We have hope today. Why? Because through Jesus Christ, our greatest need, our greatest need has been fulfilled. Our greatest need has been met. You know, as I was reflecting on this, I thought, you know, if our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us an inventor, a scientist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But listen, folks, none of those were our greatest need. Our greatest need was salvation. So what did God do? God sent us a Savior. He sent His Son to bring redemption for mankind. Peter summarizes it so well. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Listen to what Peter wrote. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us, get this, new birth into a living hope. A living hope. What do we have today? We have a living hope. And we have hope through Christ in this season. Why? Because there's provision for our greatest need. And listen, you have to embrace the provision. It's not enough that Christ has provided the way. It's not enough that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, crucified on the cross, resurrected on the third day. Listen, folks, that is fact. That is history. That is defined. But it's not enough just for you to know that. Well, you have to receive the provision. So there's hope. There's hope today. Why? Because the, our greatest need, our greatest need has been provided. Not only that, because of the birth of Jesus, we have hope because there's help for our present realities. Listen, 
If you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, if you have embraced the provision of salvation, if you have that hope, then here's the good news. Whatever you face, you'll never face it alone. Isn't that exciting? Because one of the things I've discovered, even if you love Jesus, you still have challenge. Are you okay with that? Even if you love Jesus, you still have adversity. Even if you love Jesus, there's still difficulty. But again, here's the great news. Here, here's the hope that we have. Whatever I face, whatever you face, you'll never face it alone. Here in Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 2, the Scripture says, and, and the woman will be with child and will get, give birth to a son, and you will call him, get this, you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you say those three words with me this morning? God with us. Let's say it again. God with us. I mean, just making that statement. I don't know what it does for you, but it energizes me to think that the the King of the universe, the Creator of the world, the God who lacks in no way, is with me. Whatever I face, whatever is going to come my way, I'll never have to face alone because I have God with me. God with you. God with us. Man, if you can latch on to that truth, listen, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope. No matter what you're processing through, you'll always have hope. Why? Because you're not alone. You have the God who made you, the God who lacks in no way, working in your life for your good. But it doesn't stop there. The birth of Jesus brings us hope today because there's confidence in times of chaos. When the pressure is overwhelming and everything seems to be going the wrong way and your life gets crazy. I don't know if that happens for any of you, uh, but it happens in my life. Sometimes it's just chaotic. Even in those times I can be confident. Why? Because of the hope. The hope that I have. The hope that we have in Christ. In Romans 8.28, I love this verse of Scripture. One of my favorites. I quote it often, especially in times of chaos, when the pressure is overwhelming and I don't have all the answers I would like. I come back and I anchor myself to the truth of God's Word, the promise of God's Word, and the provision of God's Word that says this, and we know that in all things, not some things, not some of the time, but in all things, what God is working for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Folks, this verse is for us. God's always working. So what? Even in chaotic times, I can be confident. Why? Because I know God's working. I don't, I don't have to have all the answers. And listen, if you're wondering if I do, I don't. So if you come to my office looking for all the answers, I don't have all the answers. But I know the one who does. And in that, what I have hope. Even when I don't have all the answers. Even when there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. And listen, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. But I, I, I still have hope. Why? Because God's working for my good. And in that, what there's, I can live with confident expectation. And friends, that's what hope is all about. And then the birth of Jesus brings us hope because there's a future to look forward to. Here's the good news this morning. This life is not all there is. This life actually that we're living is, is, is really just preparation for the next. Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren in his book, Purpose Driven Life, sums this up so well, and I love the way he states it. So if, if, I, if you'll allow, I, I want to read just a paragraph out of his book. 
His life on earth is just the dress rehearsal before the real production. You'll spend far more time on the other side of death and eternity than you will here. Earth is the staging area, the preschool, the tryout for your life in eternity. It's the practice workout before the actual game. It's the warm-up lap before the race begins. This life is preparation for the next. So what are we in? We're in the warm-up lap. Before the real race. Because of Christ, we have hope in life and we have hope in death. Hope in life and death. Hope and death. Well, because, because of Christ's birth, His death, His resurrection and life. You know, in my role as a pastor, I do a lot of funerals. I never look forward to funerals. For me, they're, they're not fun. Uh, it's not like high on my list of the things I get to do. But because it's part of my responsibility, I, I do a lot of funerals. I do funerals for people who love Jesus. And I do funerals for people who didn't know Jesus. And can I tell you, there's a big difference between those two funerals. When I'm doing a funeral for someone who loved Jesus and served Jesus throughout their lives, there's a mixture of emotions. And it's the mixture of, of grief and celebration. Obviously there's grief because someone we loved is not here. Not present. Their, their life is in it. So there's grief, but there's also celebration because we know that there's experiencing a reality like we've never seen before. We know that life has really begun for them. But there, there's grief and there's, there's celebration. I did a funeral not too long ago, literally, and I love this. It was uh, for a lady, um, I, I can't even remember the country and the continent of Africa, but of African descent. In, in the funeral, actually in the funeral, we got here in the front, or they got here in the front, let me be clear. They got here in the front. I was back here watching. They got here in the front and danced during the funeral. Celebration. Why? Because of the hope that we have. But can I tell you, friends, on the other side of the coin, I've also done a number of funerals for individuals who were far from God. And there's no celebration. There's just grief. Why? Because there's not the hope. Life has ended and there's not the hope to look forward to. The good news of Jesus' birth means this. We have hope. We have a future to look forward to. We have hope in life and we have hope in in death. Through Through the death excuse me, through the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this future before us. So in this Christmas season, we celebrate the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. And today we, we can live with great hope. Again, why? For four reasons. We have, we have provision for our greatest need. We have help for our present realities. We have confidence in times of chaos. We have a future to look forward to. But, but hope is, is not just to be enjoyed and celebrated. Hope is to be shared. It's to be shared with others. I, mean, I, I believe this morning that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And He's called us to be those who carry His hope forward. We're to be what? His hands and feet. What? Carrying forth His hope to where... I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there's a world around us that we live in that's desperate for hope. Desperate for hope. 
They're looking. Listen, you have neighbors who are looking for answers. But they, they need hope. So as I wrap this up this morning, I'm going to leave you with just three points of application. We are the recipients of great hope. When Christ was born in Bethlehem, hope, hope was birthed. So what should that look like? What should that look like in our lives? Three things I would encourage you to. The first is this. Celebrate the hope for its energizing. What we'll do, it'll bring... Listen, if you celebrate the hope you have, this is what I can guarantee you this morning. It will bring joy for you. And the joy you experience is going to positively impact those that you're rubbing shoulders with. Why? Because you're just celebrating the hope that you have. In Romans 15, 13, Paul, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote these words, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may get this, that you may overflow in hope. So think of this bucket full running over. That's overflow. We're overflowing with hope. I would encourage you in this Christmas season, and you're going to have opportunity. Listen, celebrate. Celebrate the hope that you have. It's energized. Not only do we want to celebrate the hope we have, but we want to live the hope for it's contagious. So we want to celebrate the hope. We want to, we want to live the hope. In Romans 12, 12, the Scripture says uh, that we are to be joyful in hope. In other words, full of joy in hope. And as we're full of joy and hope, again, what is it? It's contagious. Listen, I'm telling you, if you go and celebrate hope being full of joy, then this is what I know. Other folks are going to want what you got. They, they're going to want to know what store they can buy it at. But it's contagious. In other words, people, people are open to it and finally share the hope for it brings life. The hope, the hope we have should not just be enjoyed and celebrated. Certainly we should enjoy it. Certainly we should celebrate it. Folks, don't let it stop there. What do we need to do? We need to share the hope that we have. And 1 Peter 3.15 says, Be ready when anyone asks you, be ready to give them the reason for your hope. The reason that you have hope. And then John 3.16, most of you are familiar with this verse, but let me just share it with you again. It, it reads like this, For God so loved the world, he gave His only begotten Son. What, that, that, that we would have hope. He gave His only begotten Son that, that whosoever would believe in Him, that one would have what? Life. Eternal life. And God sent His Son to bring hope that we might have life. And it's that life that we now get to share with others. So in this season and all of the festivities and all of the things that you're going to be about, I would encourage you to celebrate the hope that we have. Hey, through Jesus' birth, hope was fulfilled. Through Jesus' death, we have hope for today. And through Jesus' resurrection, there's hope for the future. And the baby that was born in Bethlehem today is our Savior and reigning King. And because He is reigning now, and He will reign forevermore, what does that mean for us? It means hope. What do we have? We have hope. 
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.